Welcome to The Bottle Comic, a weekly book club style podcast hosted by two drunk, overeducated millennials. I am host number one, Monte. Host number two, Veronica. And we have a special guest with us who is also on the main episode and who also is going to be on every episode. It's me, Melissa. Wow. (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. We got her. (laughs) Great. (laughs) So we're really happy because you're such a good git. Yep. Yeah. Um, You're welcome. I don't really know. Do we want to do the whole... We're drinking the same thing that we were drinking in the main episode. This Uh, is a bonus episode appended to episode... 10 the yeah. same man the game of you because we have more to say yeah so let's just get into it and you can start your plot stuff uh so anyway what we mentioned in the main episode and weren't really able to get to because we had a lot to say was the dream world let's start off with that mm-hmm. barbie a very boring character <laughs> yeah is transported for the first time in two years into her very special continuous dream world which is like a prototypical high fantasy type thing and that's another thing that the sandman deals with it kind of conflates stories and dreams shakespeare it reveals was inspired and sort of patronized by the sandman and inspired all his plays so Mm -hmm. this sort of like a muse no like a the bare bones of a story like a motif or theme but not that some stuff yeah anyway so this is the dream world where everyone who dreams cool fantasy stories like epic fantasies probably tolkien happens here or the more fairy tale styled ones like this is the sweet dream world where it happens (laughs) i don't really know what you were getting at no all right what issues of sandman are we talking about we're just talking we're just talking now about the story stuff and monte said his favorite part was the cool dream world. Yeah. So I okay. thought we could talk about it. I meant which issues of the Sandman. Oh, you want me to be professional and say which issues. All right. The Sandman, A Game of You is Sandman Volume 2, Issues 32 through 37. Yeah. Published in 91 through 92. I'm not going to do the whole credits because it's right, a right, right, right. See first part. See part original. <laughs> yeah, so they go to the dream world, which, like we said in the first episode or the main episode, the artwork in this story is pretty ugly yes (laughs) Uh, but i do think that the like backgrounds and the like panoramic views of the dream world are really not necessarily pretty but right i mean kind of pretty much like with the killing joke which is from the same era like i just and doom patrol I just really do not like the drab colors. Like, there's some, like, jewel tones in here, but it's still within, like, a limited palette. But even given that, it's more colorful. There's pretty illustrations. And I think the right, the penciler's art is much more suited to these cute animal companion characters. It reads much less ugly with them, I feel like. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. So she's got, first of all, her best friend from back when she actually dreamed this dream, Martin Tenbones, <laughs> a big giant liony bear monster thing, kind of a dog. Yeah, yeah, dog lion. I felt so sad for him when he traveled to the other world and was confused and dying, and he was like, "I'm not scared. I'm brave." And I was sad that he wasn't in the rest of the story because he seemed like a good character. Yeah, was he in the earlier uh, Sandman stories? Nope. No. 
So that's just it. Well, so he appeared in the little snippet of Barbie's dream that we see in the doll's house, but it's so literally like two or three panels. In the first part of the issue, we see like essentially what is going to be the four animal friends mm-hmm. for her talking about how she's abandoned them and they need to try to yeah. contact her. And it's like totally dark with just their dialogue with different colors so you can tell. The difference, right? Which, speaking of which, this has the stylized font. That is interesting. Dream, of course, always has his white font on black background with a, like, googly outline. Yeah. But also, they had a little kind of fancier, more calligraphy-type font when they were in the magic world. And actually, when Barbie first went through, she had that stylized font, because it was right at the end of an issue for, like, a few panels. But then it went Mm -hmm. back to her regular font. Yeah. I feel like um, one of the things we mentioned in the main episode, or I mentioned in the main episode, was the way that uh, letters will use dialogue or spelling to, like, reflect dialect Mm -hmm. or syntax or whatever. But I feel like when you have, like, with the lettering in the dream world or, like, the way that the speech bubbles are shaped or whatever, Mm -hmm. like, I feel like when you have that, that conveys things much better than a bullshit accent or... Yes. This is the thing. One of the reasons I hate reading manga that is published legitimately in America a lot of the time is if someone has an accent, you have no idea what they're going to do. They're going to go rogue and write a really thick but not intuitive accent the whole time, which is why I had to stop reading detective conan slash case closed because they just write like a non-existent like southern accent the whole (laughs) time for this one character who is a character i love and he does have an accent but it's like a dialect not like let's write all his words with letters missing and thrown all over the place yeah it would be better if they stylized the font or something yeah in this one they had the animals missing h's Mm mm-hmm like, and they even here this man is, and mm-hmm. you see here this man is. So it's sort of intuitive yeah. to know what the heck he's talking yeah. about. Or they just use the syntax, like, so they've got the four characters. There's Martin Tenbones, who's like a giant dog monster lion thing. There's Pernado, who's like a organ grinder monkey. Mm-hmm. Um, Luz, who is like some kind of parrot or toucan, toucan, and. Wilkinson, who's like a noir detective rat. (laughs) (laughs) So he had kind of a noir detective syntax and would say things like that. Pernado had, yeah, the missing H's and he would say here here and whatnot. Yeah. Luz, I don't think had, Luz, I don't know how to say that anymore. I don't think she had any kind of accent. And Martin Tedboats didn't. Wilkinson also had the missing H's. Was he too? Very well could have. I liked Wilkinson the best because I love noir detectives. Also, he was the most straight-talking, friendly <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, the other two didn't really talk all that much. Yeah. To Barbie. Yeah. He had the most interactions with her. Yeah, he was sort of the explaining things one. Mm-hmm. Even though he tried to look the toughest, he was actually the softest hearted. Yeah. That way, that way, um, you kind of cared the most, I suppose, of all four of them mm-hmm. when, when he, he died. was horrifically killed. Yeah. yeah. And then Thessaly was a jerk and brought him back, even though that's probably terrible for the people who've died. Yeah. She does not give a fuck. She pulled the moon down, <laughs> fucked everyone in New York over, didn't care. For no reason. Just for revenge. 
Yep. She made it very clear that she did not care. She did not care what happened to Barbie. She's like, if we see Barbie, we'll help her, but I'm here to kill the cuckoo. Yeah. Which does track for a multiple century old witch who does blood magic. Yeah. That's not going to be a person who (laughs) has a ton of... I feel like it's her personality too, though, because like generally if someone's trying to harm you, you'd want to find out why to make sure you've solved the problem. She's just motivated like, how dare you? Yeah. Yeah. She also does not respect other people's identities. She's kind of a jerk. She's very interesting, though. She appears again in later issues. Mm. But she's universally and consistently a jerk, uh-huh. which you can respect. I can at least. She's not fake. <laughs> she's a except sociopath. Except when she somewhat lies a little bit, but. <laughs> she's a narcissistic sociopath. She is. So you know where she stands. <laughs> There's no bullshit of, oh, I'll be nice to you, but. And so, except to get into your apartment to stab you. Right. She'll pretend to be nice for a second, but it's not ongoing. You don't have none of that. Oh, well, I mean, I'll accept you who you are, just as long as you keep doing the same thing I want you to do. Yes. <laughs> Pernado honestly didn't talk a lot, except when he was horrifically killed and then brought back by the tweeners, who only appeared for, like, one page, but I found them very horrifying. Yeah, I wanted to see what they actually looked like. Right. All we saw were their hands. Their scary hands coming from nowhere. Yeah. Neil Gaiman's really good at hinting at interesting stories and not telling you about them just to intrigue you, and then I resent it. (laughs) (laughs) But it's still good storytelling. Right, because it intrigues you. Yeah, it's more horrifying. It's always more horrifying in my mind. Right. Well, that's the thing about horror. I don't really, like, like to watch horror movies, but they usually have this element of, like, some kind of ancient thing or some unknown evil, and it's less satisfying if you find out about that thing. Because what you like is the feeling of being intrigued by it. For sure. It's sort of like porn for the feeling of being intrigued. It doesn't actually serve a purpose outside that. Uh, Melissa, especially, did you pick up on sort of the Wizard of Oz theme? (laughs) There were, I counted five different Wizard of Oz references. Yeah, when Barbie said something along the lines of, it's not a yellow brick road, but it's like a dirty gray brick road. Yes. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) Jess. There was also one I didn't even notice at first, but I was like, I'm going to Google things to make sure. Um, At some point, I think it was Wanda says she expected Thessaly to turn into Margaret Hamilton, who is the actress who played the Wicked Witch of the West. Yes. (laughs) That was a very obscure reference. Yes, it was. Maybe if you were in the 90s, you would recognize it, but I did not. Yeah. Yeah. Probably not. I feel like um, 90s homos would recognize it. That's the other thing I was wondering. But there were a few more. She said the Dorothy option at one point when she said, I'm just going to wish that we're all home safe. So mm-hmm. she took the Dorothy option. Yep. This one was ham-handed because it could, was confusing. She says that she's like back in Kansas. She's not. Wanda's funeral is in Indiana, actually. But mm. Barbie says, I'm back in Canvas just to confuse you. But yep. that's a Wizard of Oz. Right? That was confusing. Yep. <laughs> and then later she says that Wanda's soul looks like Glinda the Good Witch. That's true. Those were all references. All Wizard of Oz references. Yep. Good job, Neil Gaiman. Good job. Which, I mean, it's pretty obvious reference because she's asleep. Yeah. There's a storm. She's in a fantasy world with her yes. companions. It's a whole Three thing. Three companions. Mm-hmm. It's a whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> Let's say it's not subtle. Nope. But it is consistent. Mm-hmm. It's there. What did 
Monte, I don't know if you're super familiar with this aspect of Superman lore. What did you think of the Weird Zoes, which Wanda references frequently? Uh, I didn't care. Didn't care? No. Not interested. <laughs> oh, I was hoping you'd know more and could educate me more about the about Bizarro. About Bizarro? Yeah. I don't care about Superman. I know. Yeah. I don't care about Superman, and I thought it was a weird little aside. Like, when she was describing the dream, I guess I I was like, I didn't really understand why she was doing that. Uh And then I was just like, I don't care about this anymore. (laughs) Not interested. No. Yeah, I don't have any factoids about Bizarro. (laughs) Oh, man. If you know about Bizarro, tell us about it. Not funny. Not, oh, well. (laughs) (laughs) I was just about to trash Bizarro, but if you're interested in him, please, by all means. By all means. Tell me why it's great. It's not, though. It's not. (laughs) Yep. I mean, I definitely love, particularly, personally, I love the journey type story plot. The quest story. The quest story. um, Chronicles of Narnia. Mm -hmm. There are seven books. Pretty sure. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> there is uh, one book called Voyage of the Dawn Treader, and it's one of my favorite ones because it is about just this completely separate from all the other plot points. They're on a boat, and they're dealing with cool shit that they randomly come up on, and it's fantasy, and it's completely just... It, it's just separate, and yeah. it's and it's just this dive into something interesting, which is... A lot like what Barbie go- gets into with walking through the forest and then the forest changes and, and, and they deal with certain enemies and they come up and then they move on and new things come up and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So you can really tell that Neil Gaiman, because it's like he's skimming over these things in like a homage to them yeah. almost rather than yeah. actually engaging with them. But you can really tell that he also loves that kind of story He's like, right these are the essential elements and right. it gives you it sort of stimulates your ooh quest feelings right without yeah. really getting into it yeah usually you care a bit, uh, a bit of it a bit more about characters when they die mm-hmm. during that journey <laughs> right um uh what was his name the monkey pranado pranado um when he just casually is mentioned that he casually doesn't come back and then he's casually hanging by a rope i mean i mean in in that way it felt like right that's kind of an intrusion into it of that bleakness that we get at the end of the story is like they're like we are upset about this but like we're in a bleak fucking quest yeah and we're going to die it was very fatalistic and then also i feel like it kind of speaks to barbie as a shallow character mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> like in that she just didn't really have much depth right yeah she would have had a bit more yeah. if she had remembered like as soon as she entered the world and and after a few days fully remembered right. she was in that world for days this is an she remembered because like she's having a large upheaval of her life and she's like lost her identity and whatnot so that's because like she used to have these adventures where she fully engaged with this stuff and exciting things happened and she knew what the tweeners were and she actually went through these adventures but now it's just this like we're gonna run past it because we're in crisis essentially yeah that's interesting yeah it would have been nice by the end of it would or it would have been a different dynamic 
had she, after a day of being in the same world, mm -hmm. fully, fully remembered. remembered everything versus basically still half remembering right. most things after five, like after a week, essentially, of right. walking through a forest. That's again what I mentioned in the full episode. It's like she didn't quite finish her character arc. Like, right. She made some steps, but she hasn't fully gotten out of her crisis or found herself or found where she wants to be. Nope. 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 It's very realistic that when you go to sleep and you dream and you wake up, you're the same person. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's very of, realistic. Yes. It kind of upsets me about the Sandman things that like, obviously your regular dreams are regular dreams, even though in Sandman lore, like they're like kind of really happening. Right. But even when Morpheus engages with people and like i'm talking to you you are i feel like you should be exempted from the dream thing and actually know what's happening but usually they still think it was a dream and it feels kind of like a cop-out of like oh i can't care about that character anymore because they don't know all the things that i saw them learn and experience throughout mm -hmm. this story this is when he deals with mortals obviously sometimes he's talking to gods or fairies or whatever i don't know different things they actually remember things because they're aware of the dreaming. Right. What do you think about Morpheus? Uh, he was just like in the background. I didn't really think much of anything about him. Yeah. It's not really a good way to get to know him in this yeah. book. Not that there's that much to know, really. He's kind of boring, pretentious, stoic jerk. Yeah. 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 His arc is Seen kind of way. getting out of that a little bit. Right. But still, if you compared him on like the spectrum of kind, engaging person to stoic pretentious jerk he's still like somewhere in the middle or towards the end <laughs> yeah i feel like when you have a story that has a character that's a you know ancient and unknowable abstract entity mm -hmm. you can't really develop their character yeah. like developing their character and it just comes off as silly like i know there's maybe uh, Maybe not. Like, some people <laughs> are into that shit or whatever. I'm not. But there's a show called Lucifer, which is based on... I think Lucifer is a character in this, yeah. right? Lucifer appears in The Sandman, and then he got a spin-off comic series based yeah. on that Lucifer. Also yeah. And I think... I want to say the tone of the show is very different than the comics. I don't know, because it I haven't be. read the comics. But the show is ridiculous, so <laughs> I would assume that the comics are not since this based on what we just read right like there's no whimsy or anything or whatever but there's i don't know why i said that there's <laughs> a ton of whimsy in this but like they have lucifer who is lucifer the ancient <laughs> mm -hmm. the fallen angel yeah the, and that's uh... who he is but he like meets this one woman and like it completely changes him and blah 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 and I'm just like, this is so stupid. Like, it's so dumb. <laughs> why, like, why would a god change based on an interaction with a mortal? A single <laughs> human mortal. Yeah, that's idiotic. It makes no sense. So yeah. the point is, with Morpheus or Dream or whatever you want to call him at the time, it makes sense that he would just be himself and it right. would be hard to right. develop that character because... Right. You have to have something mm -hmm. really, really, really impactful to develop an ancient cosmic <laughs> being. <laughs> and that's exactly, yeah, that's exactly yeah. the like message lesson that ends up happening. I'm yeah. not going to tell you because it's very 
convoluted, but yeah. <laughs> it would have to be something a lot more than having an interaction with a boring girl and... <laughs> A yes. psychotic witch. He like, shows up to do his job, and thing, this lady starts talking. It's like, okay, yeah. all right, I'm going to leave as soon as I possibly can. <laughs> yes. I've got tell things you, to do. The thing that did change him was being in captivity for, like, 50 or 60 years. Yeah. It made him, like, powerless for the first time ever, and he developed from there. Yeah, that would do it. But interacting with barbie no, no. especially right, right, not barbie <laughs> yeah right. if any mortal was to change him it would not be barbie <laughs> which yeah he interacts with a lot of mortals who like challenge him and make him do make him think about things mostly women because women are yeah i mean boring. it was mostly like hey this is why we're here and he's like i get it but i don't care i don't yeah. care <laughs> he's such a dick. which i mean like in some schemes it's, it's like i came to do my job and you're just gonna tell me that you meant to not hurt a bunch of people well yeah, yeah who cares yeah sorry <laughs> honestly sorry you guys sorry. and your rule following this would probably like him more a lot of the other endless are like they do things on a whim like mm, like right like other ancient myth god stories like right. i'm just gonna do it he's very like principled like these are the rules, these are the rules. that i made up but i have to follow them right if i mean if you knew that the rules of what was it following the the moon path mm -hmm. that fox and hazel hazel and thessaly thessaly all followed and they're said you know there's going to be consequences and i feel like sometimes when people are like yeah the consequences are that Nothing you have will to happen. apologize to the guy who would institute <laughs> yeah. the consequences. No, he's going to abandon like, them nah, in a skirt. You're... Scary with nothing yeah, to eat. You accepted the consequences to come here and do nothing. Um... <laughs> yeah. And at first I felt sorry for Hazel and Fox because I was like, well, they didn't know the consequences, but they did because the moon ladies, mm -hmm. told, they said it over and over again. It was terrifying. Like, you can't do this. Like this is going to be bad for you. Right. You shouldn't do this. And right. they still won anyway. So, yeah. Because they heard all that. Right. It, like, if you were staying as a Thessaly who said, I don't give a shit because I'm <laughs> Who Thessaly. you already know has just killed someone. <laughs> right. Yeah. And Brutal. just casually killed them. Very brutally. Like sliced off their face. Sliced off their face and talked to their face on a wall. Obviously, this is unprecedented. It, like <laughs> this is uncharted territory and when someone says hey when this sociopath is doing something it's going to cause problems and you say you know what i trust thessaly no you shouldn't because she said multiple times i'm not here for your friend who is it barbie sure whatever we'll help her if we <laughs> if we she, see if her happen to see her yeah but i'm just here to teach a lesson to the dick who tried to mess with me yeah. on accident and i'm not going to do it in a considered well no. thought out manner uh, i'm gonna start now and i'm gonna go pissing off everyone i can i'm gonna pull down the fucking moon i yeah. think the note i wrote is thessaly trying to fight the moon yeah because yeah. she's like not even like trying to appease the moon no. while making it do what she wants she's like I'll give up fuck what you say, Moon. Yeah. yeah. She was incredibly arrogant. Um, <laughs> but yeah, first read through, I felt bad for Hazel and Fox. Second read through, I was like, wait, no. Fuck yeah. them too. Yeah. And while I do, I do think it's intimidating to confront someone who just slaughtered somebody else in a bathtub yeah. to be like, okay, I won't give you my men and menstrual blood. But maybe Fox was like, 
I should just do it. Or maybe she's going to cut off my face and put me in a yeah. bathtub. We don't know. We <laughs> don't know. In that room. It's true. <laughs> she would probably have made them do what she wanted. Also, but did she want them to go with her? Well, she needed them to open the moon's path because she needed maiden mother and crone and menstrual blood. Which, by the way, to get the menstrual blood, she outed Hazel's secret of being pregnant, of not allowing her to reveal it in her own time. Okay. She's a fucking snitch. Um, <laughs> and maybe, yeah. maybe this is too much information, but like... Did, Veronica, did you, when you read the story, when you... when. If someone were to approach you like, hey, you're on your period, I need you to put several drops, just a few drops of menstrual blood in a bucket. Did you just like imagine the process you would have to go through? Yeah, you'd have to do some squatting. Just, just Also, squat. you'd have to get a new tampon. Let's not talk about it. Anyway, moving like, on. Like, it had to be at also, least like a few minutes to also, like process plot that. Hole, she was sleeping naked. Yeah. Plot hole. Yeah. Wouldn't work. I mean, maybe that's something that <laughs> men think that women do when they're on their period. I think he just wasn't thinking about it back when she was sleeping with right. kid and then thought of the yeah. idea later. She, well, I mean, yeah. Fox said it's not a heavy flow, which means you gotta wait a while, first of all. Like, if you're gonna go with the logic, I'm sleeping naked, it's not a heavy flow. And then someone's like, give me your menstrual blood. And you're like, well, it's not a heavy flow. It's gonna yeah, take it's a while. It's not gonna be drops. It's <laughs> gonna ha- be I don't have any. <laughs> You got a day? Or... Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be a while, is what we're saying. Oh, so much squatting. Yeah, that's to have, true. You'd have to have calves of steel. You would just have to sit there yeah. for a while. Well, she was quite shapely. I think her calves were probably very strong. It's probably true. <laughs> All right, let's assume that Fox works out. <laughs> she does, definitely. I don't know. She's definitely. a writer. Later she becomes a indie musician <laughs> that's true she's a writer but yeah it, it those things are like sometimes when maybe you would say that men write women those things don't feel right you're like oh i have a light flow and now someone wants me to like give them menstrual blood you're like that sounds a lot harder than they think it's gonna be <laughs> <laughs> anyway not to gross out all the greasy comic nerd men from the last issue who are podcast listeners. Deal with it. <laughs> it happens. It's if mentioned. Neil Gaiman's going to write about menstrual blood, we're going to talk yeah, about it. Yeah, we're going to talk about it. <laughs> it's not gross. I am Neil Gaiman. If anyone gives us a chance to talk about menstruation, we're going to do it because no one ever wants yeah, to. Yeah, it's the it. early 90s. We're going to talk about menstrual blood here. That's true. He brought anyway. it up, not me. <laughs> we already did talk about it. Anyway, that's all I have written down. Aside from the face drawing, but I think we talked about that enough. Talked about what? Barbie drawing on her face. Oh. Oh, yeah. She was trying to be trendy in early 90s New York. Yeah. With no money. Trying to be cool. Trying to be cool. But she's just not cool. She should just accept, like, just accept it. Like, you're yeah. lame and basic. I mean, just be lame you'll and be basic. more interesting if you just own your boringness and you're just like, oh, she's a down-to-earth, chill person. Yeah. <laughs> she's not down-to-earth. The part where she has a dream, yeah, where she's being criti- criticized for being boring by her some... dickwad ex husband. Sure, and, and like I'm sure it would mean more for the people that she's dreaming about. But since I didn't read that, it's just some random guy saying, "Barbie, is that true? Are you secretly a truly boring person?" <laughs> it's like, yes, yes, <laughs> it's true. 
<laughs> She's boring. <laughs> I mean, compared to other people, but Barbie, don't be concerned with that. Yeah. You just be you. And and it's boring. And it's, it's not unrealistic for someone who is in fear of being boring mm-hmm. to go through a traumatic experience and then just say, you know what, I'm going to do the most boring thing after that, which is nothing. <laughs> um, yeah. And emphasize. Someone who's been rejected and mm-hmm. traded up for, essentially, for a new person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a valid fear. <laughs> it's kind of on brand for Barbie, um, which you could say is either on brand so it's consistent for her character or it's boring because... She doesn't use this arc to do anything. Yeah. She can, t- in fact, I would say she's doing less. Yeah. <laughs> than what uh, she's been doing this whole time. She's just gonna become someone who travels she's and gonna says live nothing. In buses, apparently. Yeah, she's gonna <laughs> do nothing at this point in 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 her life. So yeah. honestly, yeah. before not- she was at least a good friend. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> say honestly, maybe not trying so hard is what she needs to do. Though. Don't try so hard. Just yeah. don't draw things on your face. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but it's kind of desperate. Yeah, although I approve of drawing on your face and then going to a southern funeral. Oh, it's in Indiana, though. Oh, sorry. Secretly. Uh, Indiana funeral where people are homophobic or anti-trans or whatever, and you show up and you make them slightly uncomfortable. I'm all for that. I'm all for that. Yeah. Someone who lives in Indiana, do it. You can also ca- do kind it. of pass as being interesting. You're like, this is just what we do in New York. <laughs> <laughs> we draw veils on our faces. And talk like a Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> that transatlantic accent. Just, just make them uncomfortable. They'll survive. I actually think those were southern accents. Those didn't sound Kennedy-esque at all. Yeah. I we think suck. Were... I hate us. <laughs> I think they started transatlantic and then morphed into Southern Belle. You know what's actually funny? This is off topic. People in New York, sometimes when I was talking to them, people in that northern sort of northeast accent, northeast, um, and they say Indiana is south. And I'm like, so if Indiana is south, then then New York is south because we're basically on the same horizontal line yes we're right next to them but yeah we see more latitude wise yeah exactly but uh but it is also just kind of funny i'm like we're also (laughs) on the almost the northern border of the country yeah you've got michigan and then canada Uh, but also indiana is the south yeah it is (laughs) it's it's just kind of funny how it just kind of all shakes out because (laughs) it's not about being north or south it's just it's just the way it is. <laughs> you know? It's just the way it is. It's just, just the, the way, way it is. is. All right. Monte, will you once again give a quick mention to what we're reading next week for those who forgot? Next week, we are reading Bloom by Kevin Panetta and illustrated by Savannah Ganucho. <laughs> it's a really cute non... It's There's nothing nihilistic about it at all or fatalistic. It's great. A cute, optimistic romance story. Not DC or Marvel. Yes. A separate imprint. Really sweet. Who is the publisher? I think the publisher for this is First Second. Yeah, First Second is the publisher. I'm really looking forward to it. Should be a good read. Yep. Oh, and um, it's available online or at local bookstores. It's like actually book length, even though it's a really quick read. So 
you can probably get it at like a bookstore or it's on Amazon for 10 bucks on the Kindle. Nice. And if anyone was interested in Sandman after we've talked about it, you can get each issue for $1.99 on Comixology. This is Sandman Volume 2, issues 32 through 37, or you can buy it as a graphic novel. I don't know how much, though. I bought mine on eBay like 15 years ago. That's an exaggeration. 10 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) It's old. Seven years ago. It's old. I'm not old. Of course not. Anyway, that's it for this week. Bye. Bye. Bye.